Let me tell you about our specials, a blog post by Jason Green. My wife, Viola, was glancing through our local newspaper when she ventured, What do we have on tap for the weekend? Unhelpfully, I remarked, My days in retirement were one much like the other. Naturally, since I am no misanthrope, I am willing to maintain the convention of separating weekday from weekend. However, for me, and for the record, this was a distinction without a difference. Unfazed by my tack away from the point, Viola advanced with, There is an advertisement alerting one and all that the Montoya's house will be coming on the market soon. No prices mentioned. I didn't know they were thinking of selling, did you? It was news to me, and I said so. My bride made a presumptive close with, Seeing as we are doing nothing, and given that you, as HOA president, should always be in and never out of the know, let's trot on by the property and see what's to be seen. She had me, and we both knew it. Electing to get into the spirit of the project, I observed, I wonder what they will be asking for the place. I have given this general topic some thought, One can be asked to engage in a compare and contrast exercise. One can be thwarted in the attempt, because some matters do not lend themselves to being placed side by side with any others. Aardvarks are a case in point. They have no close relatives. There are also incomparable expressions, such as calling someone a Bunburyist. And let's not forget the challenge when a person thinks a word means one thing when it really means something else. The term inconceivable directly comes to mind, although I am confident there are many others. Recognition that, in some cases, extra work is required to allow for individuality should not deter us. Call me an iconoclast, but I intend to stick to my view, despite it having never been in vogue. By this point, you already should know where I'm headed with all this. On the off chance you don't can, I am going on about the entrenched practice of offering a home for sale at a published price. Label me contrarian. Some hear my idea and cry why. I dream of a change in practice and ask, why not? Perhaps my line of thinking is not as radical as it might appear at first blush. The restaurant biz has been using this approach since time immemorial. While most everything on the typical menu has a cost, a few select items may be available at the market price. Further, there are specials. Both offerings can be priced just in time to reflect the optimal balance of supply and demand to achieve maximum profit for the eatery. We know that restaurants charge not what some fish agora charge them, but what the marketplace of diners that day are willing to fork over. If the lobster is moving, the levy can drift up. If the cost is too rich, expect a special discount while supplies last. If this works for meals, can it not work for homesteads? Of course, we know some properties are available at auction and some prices are available upon request, but by and large, these represent a small fraction of all homes. I want to make a case for bringing a new pricing model into the mainstream. Under today's convention, the onus is on the seller to announce a price first. Note this represents an upper limit on the expected sale, excluding frothy markets where bidding wars happen. Determining the asking figure for a house is an interesting art that must balance many factors. 
those who follow the dictum, if you don't ask, you don't get, may advance a higher valuation, and they may be lucky and get it. They run the risk of pricing the property above what the community of buyers will support. This may result in a relatively early adjustment downward in price. Often, any lowering signals vulnerability, acting like blood in the water to a shark. When one has given ground once, it is likely one will yield territory again, and so you can expect the home to sell for a number below the revision. Another risk that attends offering at the high end of the market is that due to pride or obstinacy, the seller may fail to heed demand-side signals. Now the property sits at an unsupportable cost for a long period, while becoming tired and overexposed. Sometimes a seller takes the home off the table, only to reintroduce it in a new season and at a new and reduced number. Given the ready availability of historical pricing data, no one is fooled and expect lowball offers. Of course, there are some folks who are not particularly interested in selling and are simply testing the waters. The ask is set high, and if someone bites, so be it. If no one nibbles, the opportunity is withdrawn, no harm, no foul. To avoid the indignity of having one's asking price treated like a piñata by potential buyers, some sellers adopt the price-to-move approach. Typically, the seller has been aggressive and made all their cost concessions proactively. Into this Rube Goldberg machine used to guesstimate the ideal figure are added other ingredients, such as what the current owners paid, what the current owners improved, and how many properties are concurrently on offer, etc. I have omitted the metaphorical elephant in the room, the comp. Comparable properties aspire to match apples to apples and void apples to oranges. Parameters that should be similar among the recently sold include location, view, lot size, house size, number of bathrooms, number of bedrooms, and the like. Based on your experience, your appraisal of the comp process may be, sounds like a reasonable method, or makes sense in the classroom, but not in the real world. If a neighborhood, cookie-cutter chase, contains nearly identical homes, the method will work well. If a different community, heterogeneous hollow, boasts a wide range of properties with distinct characteristics, the approach may be ill-suited. With humility, I would like to advance a simple, three-part test that focuses on the buyer rather than the property. The breakthrough in my model is that you charge for the house the way you sell lobster in the restaurant, the charmingly vague value market price. In your head, start with something in the middle of recent Pine Hill sales. One, the more expensive housing is where the buyer lives now, the more you charge. Two, the more urgently they want to get into Pine Hills, the more you charge. Three, the shorter time window they have to find a home, the more you charge. To summarize, a seeker from California, here for one weekend to secure a home, who has already made up his mind that Pine Hills is the only game worth playing in town, jackpot. A family from across town that is exploring without urgency a move on up and has no particular focus on our subdivision, oi. 
In due course, Viola and I went to Chez Montoya. Coincidentally, as we were arriving, a woman was fiddling with the substantial post and signboard that had been erected curbside. We introduced ourselves and confirmed she was the listing agent. Naturally curious, I waited in. Jason, I noticed the sign proclaims coming soon, rather than for sale. Why not wait until the house is actually on the market before announcing anything? Agent, we want to build excitement through anticipation. Viola, what is the asking price? Agent, actually, we are still finalizing our thinking. As you may know, we like to base the listing on comps, and it is a bit tricky to identify other properties that compare closely enough. At the end of the day, selling a home depends as much on the buyer as on the cost. After all, finding the house that's just right for you, who can put a price on that? We thanked the agent for the information and headed home. I ventured. Maybe they should get an appraiser's opinion on the value of the house. My viola, long used to my methods, remained non-committal. I pressed ahead. I have given appraisal some thought. I had her, and we both knew it. The woman I married graciously replied, Jason, dear, why don't you share some of that thinking? I began. Seeing as how you've asked... I hope you've enjoyed this reading of Let Me Tell You About Our Specials, a blog post by Jason Green.